All right, welcome back to Seek and Finds. This is my podcast centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is your host, Elder Dylan Wilkinson, and my goal is to provide real and sincere content to help you seek a better understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to find the answers to your questions through the Spirit of the Lord. Although I am a full-time missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, what I say and what is said by others on this podcast does not represent the official stance of the Church. However, I encourage you to open your hearts to the Spirit because as you listen, the messages that God wants you to hear will come to your mind. Alright, so guys, I am here with Brother Matthew Clayton. He is really awesome. So he's the guest today. And actually, my companion's here as well. Hello. <laughs> um, and I'm really excited for this episode. This is actually going to be episode 10, season finale. So we've... Wow, we've season finale, season, is that season right? Season one. Yep. That's fantastic. And so this is this is the 10th episode, and it's been a really good experience doing this so far. And yeah. Good for it's you. Awesome. Brother Clayton works here for the for the church as a director of the Seminary in- Institute program, um, kind of in the regional Minnesota and greater area, right? Is yeah. Right? Yeah, right here, kind of in the Twin Cities, and just religious educator, but also coordinate uh, seminary teachers in the stakes that are in the metro area. So St. Paul and Anoka and Minneapolis and Lakeville. Nice. Yeah. So this guy, he's awesome. And I've been serving in the Twin Cities YSA ward for the last three and a half, four months. And so I've been able to sort of like work with him. He he, he works at the same building that, <laughs> that we do. Um, and so we've been, been able to say hi to each other often. And, and he's been able to teach me a lot of awesome things and worthy, worthy things. Um, and uh, yeah, I've just got, all I've got is praise for, for you and you're a great example. But anyways, would you just like introduce who you are, a little bit of your story for us? Sure. Yeah, know. absolutely. Yeah. And, li- and right back at you. Uh, it's so <laughs> good to have uh, the missionaries here and, and you elders have been fantastic. Um, so I live with my family here. We live in Savage, Minnesota, and I work for the church as a, as a seminary coordinator. And half my job is coordinating and training and, and supporting early morning seminary teachers. And then the other half of the job is here teaching at the Institute. And we're just so grateful to be back teaching again after kind of our coronavirus time. Yeah. Um, but I, I grew up in New Mexico, so I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. I uh, went to school uh, and met my wife at, uh, in, a, in a singles ward, uh-huh. and we got married and have six kids. Our oldest is a senior in high school, and uh, she's 17, and then our youngest is uh, seven years old. So we've got uh, yeah. three boys and three girls, and they keep us busy, and we, we love them. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. No, I, someday, I think I'm more of the, I, I think I want to lean towards the girls' side. I want some, I want lots of daughters. Daughters myself. are great. <laughs> daughters are wonderful. The daughters still give me kisses on the cheek. The boys cheap shot me, you know, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the ones that want to wrestle and, and that's all right. I guess you need a little bit of both. True, true, true. Awesome. Cool, cool. And then I think you, you talked a little bit about, about it, but how did you get started teaching like for the church, teaching religion, stuff like that. Yeah, um, I, I actually wasn't, I didn't come out of college uh, doing that. I, I left and and was in public relations and marketing, but my heart was really with uh, the scriptures and really with teaching youth. And so I, I left a, a, a wonderful job uh, as a marketing director and, and 
became an early morning seminary teacher at Mountain View High School. And uh, actually, I started at Canyon View Junior High School and then went to Mountain View. This and, is in Utah. Yeah, this was in Orem, Utah. And I and I just loved it. You know what? My I love to be in the classroom and I love to watch students discovering truth in the scriptures. And it's uh, it's just a it's a sweet sweet gig. I I really feel blessed that I can do this for a living. Yeah. No, it's actually. I've, I've been thinking about stuff that I want to do later in life, and to be in the scriptures every day for your job, is a, that's a, such a huge blessing, and it's awesome. But. It, it really is, and you should look into it. I think it's a, it's a great job, and no matter what your job is, you know what? You should be in the scriptures every day, yep. and let, the, let your whole day just kind of reflect back on what did you learn that morning, and you know, this morning I got up and, and had my personal scripture study, and... That informs what I think about throughout the day as I drive, as I go on a run, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and no matter what you do, whether you're an architect or whether you, you whatever it is that you do, um, let that always be with you. It's a great habit to be in. And I know missionary work is a great, or mission oh, yeah. is a time to do that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. When I think of Brother Clay and I, I'm just... I'm just thinking he's a man of the scriptures. He knows he knows the scriptures. I I'm I'm spitting out compliments at you, but you're so kind. <laughs> but I just want to make sure that uh, the listeners know who we're talking, who I'm talking to. This is this is going to be awesome. This is a really clean suite. Well, thanks, so, thanks for the invitation. It's great to be with you. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to talk about truth and freedom today, and uh, I think this is a very important message that everybody needs to hear because there is so so much information going around the world uh, there's so much knowledge that's out there and truth uh, we've got to be able to recognize it we've got to know what it what it is and where to find it and then freedom oh man like talk about current what we need right now and we'll we'll talk about that later but it's going to be an awesome topic so there's a couple couple different things i think the first thing that i want to start out with truth is just Distinguishing the difference between relative truth and absolute truth. So, Brother Clayton, what are your what are your thoughts on like the difference between relative truth and absolute truth? Yeah, well, that's that's a great that's a great place to start. So, I, I really do think that, um, in a way, both of those things exist, mm-hmm. right? That that there is relative truth because some truths change with time. Uh, for example, my favorite ice cream flavor may change or my favorite dessert may change because I might go to a new place and try a new dessert and then say, now my favorite ice cream flavor is no. is this raspberry chocolate chip that you can get at Sebastian Joe's in Minneapolis. And, and maybe before it was peanut butter chocolate at 31 Flavors. And I'm giving right. you straight up doctrine truth because that's <laughs> that's the shift that happened. Yeah. But but that, that changed, right? Mm-hmm. But there's absolute truth. That, that never changes, that doctrinal truth. In fact, President Kimball said there are relative truths and there are also absolute truths, which are the same yesterday, today, and forever, never changing. These absolute truths are not altered by the opinions of men. The Lord has defined truth as being a knowledge of things as they are, as they were, and as they are to come. And then President Kimball goes on to say, God's existence is a reality. Immort- immortality is a reality. These realities will not go away simply because we have different opinions about them. These realities will not be dissolved just because some have doubts about them. And I think that we live in a day where there really is a, a reversal of a lot of people uh, think that what we would consider to be absolute truths are actually relative and that they're shifting, that, they're, uh, that, they, that they change. But um, 
but we know that they don't. We know yeah. that the solid gospel truth is always going to be true. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Is there a distinction between like secular truth and then like what some people would call religious truth, you know, what we call absolute truth? Well, well, I think all truth is truth, and I think Mormonism, I probably shouldn't use that term, I think the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I think, it encompasses all truth. And, you know, we have great quotes from prophets like the Prophet Joseph Smith who said, you know, wherever you find that truth, yeah. that it belongs to us, and, and, and we ought to seek it. And I love that. I love that Joseph Smith, you know, our tradition is Joseph as a seeker, and that he's, you know, because he sought truth from heaven, uh, he got answers, and he, and we're all expected to to seek truth as well. But yeah. you can find truth all over the place, and uh, and and I think it's important for us to recognize that that we don't own all truth, that all truth is that that you can find it elsewhere. But we claim it. We want to include it. We, yeah. we, we I want that to be mine as well. Yeah. No, and and being a a, a student of the gospel of Jesus Christ includes seeking for that truth, like everywhere you you can find it. And one of the best quotes, I, I forget who it, who it is, but it's like, seek ye out of the best books. Yeah, yeah, section 88 of the Doctrine and Covenants, right? So it says, uh, let's, let's check this out. So verse 118, section 88, verse 118, it says, As all have not faith, seek ye diligently, and teach one another words of wisdom. Yea, seek ye out of the best books words of wisdom. Seek learning, even by study, and also by faith. And so three different times in that verse, mm -hmm. the Lord admonishes us to seek, and to seek diligently, and to look in the best books, right? To seek learning, to, to really do our part. And I, I love that it's by study and also by faith. We're, we're seekers. Right. Oh, that's super cool. And one thing I was thinking about when we were just reading this, um, especially in regards to, like, best books, uh, does that say, like, Seek ye out of the established canon of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm -hmm. Words of wisdom, right? We know that we have our canon that, uh, just for the listeners that we're, we're talking about, like the Bible, Book of Mormon, Pearl of Great Price, those established scriptures. But it doesn't say that. It says out of the best books. And so we know that there is truth out there to be found in places that we don't even know yet and that we, we haven't discovered ourselves personally. That doesn't mean the truth that doesn't exist, because the Lord teaches us according to our understanding. Isaiah teaches that super well, and so what I'm saying is just like we've got, we've got work to do to discover truth, because there are many books. It's not just the scriptures uh, that we need, that we can learn from. I think I think you make a really great point. I love, in fact, I love. Um, we, we we just not too long ago finished a class where we taught uh, we we taught a class on Christianity so kind of historic Christianity we also taught a class on world book religions and the yeah. students really really gobbled it up in fact we had uh, those not of our faith coming to attend the class just to learn about other faith traditions and one of the topics one of the the ideas that we discussed was this concept of holy envy something that Christopher Stendhal who was the dean of the uh, Divinity School at Harvard talked about he had holy envy for other faiths where he would see something that was admirable in another faith. Maybe it's something like a, a, a tradition like like Lent mm -hmm. in the Catholic Church. Right. Well, that's a beautiful it's that's a beautiful concept. And he would say, I have holy envy for that. I'm going to bring that into my own faith tradition. And we could see the same thing um, in, in other faiths around us. I think that there's an analogy that President Packer gave back in the 70s where he talked about a piano. And he says, you know, there's 88 keys 
on a piano. And, and if, if each of those represents truth or, or a different truth, um, Latter-day Saints have a lot of those keys. But other churches also have keys. And, and maybe they have less. Maybe they have fewer keys, but they play them beautifully. And maybe they play the music on just those few keys, maybe even better than we do. And so we could learn something from them. I think sometimes we are so cautious about, there's kind of this sense of exclusivity, like, well, we, well, because we have this, and, and there's reasons for that. But I think that sometimes we're hesitant to embrace truth that other faiths claim, things like grace or justification or even the idea of Mary. But, but you know what? Those are, those are concepts that we can lay claim to as well. In fact, we can go through our scriptures and find beautiful teachings on all three of those ideas that, that we could say, hey, I believe in that. I, I, I love justification. I, I, I'll, we'll talk about that all day long. Or I love, I, I want to honor and revere Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ. The Book of Mormon has fabulous scriptures on that. I don't want to just shy away from that because the Catholic Church, you know, yeah. is, it kind of claims that idea. Right, and that, that just brings us right into looking to see what is good in the world. And the Catholic Church, you know, I, I hesitate to even, like, say um, specific churches. I'm, I'm talking about all different churches. There's good everywhere. Um, and churches do good. That is one of the foundational purposes of a church, is to do good in the world, right? And so, in regards to looking for truth, Moroni 7.13, one of my favorite scriptures. Um, Great scripture. One of the first ones that I memorized when I came on a mission. Um, and it's just like, it's one of those where I'm, I always go back to it. But it says, But behold, that which is of God inviteth and enticeth to do good continually. For everything which inviteth and enticeth to do good and to love God and to serve him is inspired of God. And it's just super clear and simple to me that good is of God right there. That we can look for good um, and then in regards to truth, right there, it says, Everything which invites and entices to do good and to love God and to serve Him is inspired of God. We can all agree that truth is inspired of God, that, especially when we're talking about absolute truth, these truths about the, the plan of salvation, why we're here, um, th truths about the nature of God, that they come from ins inspiration through the Holy Ghost. And... That's how scriptures came to be, and the scriptures are a conduit for that inspiration through the Holy Ghost. And, and so truth is tied right into everything that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's so, that's so great. I love that scripture. In fact, a good cross-reference for that would be James chapter 1, verse 17, where he says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And I love, I just love that idea um, this idea that, that God has sent down truth and that we ought to be like the hungry, hungry hippo, right? Yeah. Wherever we see it, we go and grab it and bring it in and embrace it. And I think that that, I think we're safe to do that. I think sometimes Latter-day Saints will think, well, we have all truth and other churches don't have truth. And I think when they, a lot of times the reason why they do that is they'll use a Doctrine and Covenants section one as kind of a justification, right? There's a scripture, famous scripture in the preface of the Doctrine and Covenants that says that um, the Lord is talking you know, it's a preface for the Doctrine and Covenants. And in verse 30, there's this phrase that he's going to bring the church forth out of obscurity and out of darkness, the only true and living church upon the face of the whole earth. And they pause right there. And that mm -hmm. phrase they talk about and they say, oh, 
We are the only true and living church. And, and while I want you to know from the outset, I have a testimony that this is the Lord's church. I think sometimes we focus too much on the word only there and not enough on the word living there. Because I think the emphasis really is this church is alive. This church has priesthood keys. We have living prophets and apostles. And I think that is, that's, I think, the, the most important aspect of that verse. Um, maybe the only is tied to the phrase that people don't get to, which is the next phrase that says, with which I, the Lord, am well pleased. That's a whole other topic and a whole right. other thing that, that uh, to, to kind of consider. I think that, um, I just think Article of Faith number nine just shows us that we don't owe, or that we don't own everything, that there are still truths out there, many great important things, right, yeah. that have yet to be revealed. And so there are truths that we don't have yet. And so I think we need to be humble. In fact, President Uchtdorf, he said this, he said, isn't it a remarkable feeling to belong to a church that embraces truth, no matter the source, and teaches that there is much more to come. And, and then he refers to section or to Article of Faith number nine, and he says, "As a result, we are humble about the truth we have. We understand our knowledge is a work in progress. That belief we have before us is simply one microscopic snapshot, part of an infinitely vast forest of fascinating knowledge." That's so cool. I love the imagery of that. Powerful, isn't that great? Mm -hmm. Love President Uchtdorf. Yeah, that's so cool. So thank you for pointing out that um, that like misconception there. That's really cool, and that's awesome. So there's there's a quote uh, by Brigham Young. He's the second president prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ, and I should say the restored Church of Jesus Christ. But he says the philosophy of the heavens and the earth, of the worlds that are, that were, and that are yet to come into existence, is all the gospel that we have embraced. Every true philosopher, so far as he understands the principles of truth, has so much of the gospel, and so far he is a Latter-day Saint, whether he knows it or not. Our Father, the great God, is the author of the sciences. He is the great mechanic. He is the systematizer of all things. He plans and devises all things, and every particle of knowledge which man has in his possession is the gift of God. I really love that saying that God is really in control of his truth, <laughs> of all truth. And everything that we can think of the sciences, he says the great mechanic, I love that. <laughs> um, the systematizer plans everything. And he owns the truth. He owns truth. And every particle of knowledge, and when I think of knowledge, I sort of think of like, we've got a big pool of information. And we pick out information and turn that into knowledge. Um, and then it's like the next step from knowledge is wisdom. At least that's sometimes how I think of it in my head. But so this knowledge, right? Every knowledge that we have belongs. To, I like that. To God. <laughs> I like that. You know, I think that sometimes people try to separate, you know, faith and science and say, well, those, those just don't ever approach. But they're both from the same author, right? Yeah. And that, that idea of these are, these are different approaches. And, and while, you know, we have to recognize that each one has its strengths, and I think sometimes we uh, neglect one or the other at, at, at our peril. Like, we ought to recognize that God has taught us so much. There's so much that science can show us and can teach us and can demonstrate, and I think that uh, I think we ought to give it its due. Uh, we certainly aren't afraid of anything that science, true science, would reveal or show to us. All of those things... Uh, we, again, we would, like that hungry, hungry hippo, we would lay claim on those things and say that's part of our faith as well. Yeah. 
I'm actually just thinking of a scripture. Maybe you can help me out. Um, sure. It's the the one that President Nelson cites all the time. He's like, there's a law irrevocably decreed. It's in the Doctrine yeah, and Covenants. Yeah, section 130 of the Doctrine and Covenants. Yes. Boom. So going along with what you were just saying um, about like science and faith and stuff like that, um, we believe that God works um, through laws. And there are laws in the universe. There are spiritual laws. There are temporal laws. And President Nelson teaches this so well in relations to obedience and blessings. And so, um, he's the, this is section 130, uh, verse 20. It says, There is a law irrevocably decreed in heaven before the foundations of this world, upon which all blessings are predicated. And when we attain any blessing from God, it is by obedience to that law upon which, it's predi- which it is predicated. So I'm going to take a second, and just for the context of our current conversation, I'm going to switch out blessing with truth. There is a law irrevocably decreed in heaven before the foundations of this world upon which all truth is predicated. And when we obtain any truth from God, it is by obedience to that law upon which which it is predicated. So now, just translate it into how we obtain this truth. How... How do we do that? What does it look like? Well, I, and, I, and I love that you, you brought us to the section. I think those verses are powerful. And I think the verse that comes right before that, verse 19, mm-hmm. kind of gives us a clue to that, right? Verse 18 and 19, he says, Whatever principle of intelligence we attain unto in this life, through that seeking that we've talked about in section 88, right? It will rise with us in the resurrection. I love this idea that truth that we acquire, what we learn, what we study from these best books will stay with us in the resurrection. I love that. It's a beautiful thought. And it's one of the reasons why the church puts so much resources and so much emphasis on education. Yeah. You know, you look at you look at the church's uh, global initiative right now to, to get education out there, and, and you look at Pathway, and you look at the, the, the church schools. Boy, the church puts so much emphasis there. In, in verse 19, And if a person gains more knowledge and intelligence in this life through his diligence and obedience, and there's a formula right there, right? Uh, Then then another, he will have so much the advantage in the world to come. Diligence and obedience. I think that's laying out for us. What is that 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 there's a a hustle, right? There's there's this zeal that we need to have for learning along with obedience. And I think that's an important concept. You know, in, in, uh, in, in the book of John, Jesus taught that, you remember that Jesus taught that, uh, that, Truth. In fact, let's go there. Let's look at John chapter eight. This is this is such a, a, an important scripture as we're talking about truth. Um, John chapter eight, and this is verse uh, thirty-two. Um, you know, the Savior here. He, of course, he's teaching here. He says, "And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free." Well, knowledge in their culture included not just head knowledge but hand knowledge. It it included doing. Like it would be, truth wasn't just something you knew cognitively, like I know something in my mind, but I don't really do it. That that was not a concept. The, The idea was, I do what I know. Yeah. Right? And so you can see that, I think, in in section 130 as well. Like it's both, it's it's that obedience. I'm learning something and I'm putting it into action or else in the biblical uh, framework, I didn't really learn it if I'm not actually applying it in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, that's super true. Uh, going back to just like trying to find truth, we have to be willing to follow what we figure out. Amen. I mean, what kind of student is going to ask the teacher the a truth or something like that without the intention to practice that truth mm. or to, to do it, right? 
it's like it's like that teacher um, saying, oh, you're asking me this, but I know in your heart that you're not going to do it. Now, what good will it do if I reveal this to you? Yeah. If it's it, At that point, it would just hurt them. And that's the mercy of God, yeah. is he teaches us according to what, like, line upon line. I love that. And, and Elder Bednar has taught that same thing, yeah. right? He emphasized the point that when Joseph Smith went into the sacred grove, that he didn't just go in there saying, I want to know, just for my gee whiz file, I just want to know, yeah. is the church true? Or, or I want to know, you know, is this, like... What, that's not, that wasn't his, he wanted to know which church should I join? Mm-hmm. And, and it was an action oriented request. And because it was, cause he was saying, Hey, that's, that's that sincere intent, right? I intend to do something or that real intent, right? I intend to, to do something with what you, what, what you tell me. And because of that, his prayer was answered. If we just ask for, just for information, just so I can pin it on my wall, just so I can know those are those are not the prayers that tend to get answered. It's the prayer that we say, "Hey, once I, I you, I'm here to know. I'm here to find out." Um, that's that's a prayer I think Heavenly Father's more more willing to answer. Yeah, no, it's true. And in relation to like in our church, everything we we talk about, we go back to Jesus Christ, and we're just like, okay, this this book right here, this Book of Mormon, testifies of Jesus Christ. Now the Bible testifies of Jesus Christ. Awesome. <laughs> okay, but we, we preach it all the time. Is pray about the Book of Mormon. Ask God if it's true. Absolutely. Now, my one question to the, the listeners is, what about the Bible? Have you ever prayed and asked God if the Bible was true? It's something that, like, society society mm. accepts. They accept the Bible is true. But there's a certain power that comes when you ask God if both sets of scriptures are true. Mm. Yeah, that's a powerful idea. I love this. I love the thought of epistemology. So epistemology is what you know, but also how you know it, mm-hmm. right? And so we each are expected to have our, you know, President Nelson right now, I think he would be saying, hey, how do we hear him, right? How do we find out? How do we have our own Personal, sacred yeah. grove experience? Yeah. How do we go in? And and, and, and that's, that becomes, the for us, the nexus of our testimony. It's it's what I experienced. It was my own seeking that then helped me to know that this was true. And I think that can sometimes be a foreign concept. This, I'm going for a confirmation. I'm going to seek truth. I'm going for God to tell me. Um, I love that about our message and the message of the restoration is that we go out and we say, you can find out for yourself. Anything that God revealed to Joseph Smith, he's willing to reveal to you. Yeah. But you've got to go in that same spirit of willingness to act. And so I'm sure as missionaries, I know you guys are teaching and as you, as you, as you teach people and invite them to act, it's their willingness to act that ultimately will, will bring about the answer and the guidance and the confirmation that they seek. And that's how Heavenly Father works. If, if they're not willing to, I don't think that they, I don't think they're going to get an answer. Yeah. And this is something that I've said before on, on the podcast and even goes back to what I've titled this podcast, Seek and Find. Love it. Uh, you know, and it, it was over like a, a week or something where I was like, ah, oh, what should I call this thing? Like just forming the idea. And it just went straight back to the Savior's words, seek and you shall find. And with truth, this is exactly what you're talking about. This is exactly what we're talking about. You have to seek it. Yeah. You go get it. You go get it and you don't stop until you get it. The Savior's not going to stop until his work is done. He's not going to stop. We can follow him in his example and not stop until his work is done. And okay, so I, I really hope you guys understand truth and you feel inspired to go go get truth. Go find it. Every day of your life, of your life, just go go after it. I love that. But 
Moving on, we want to talk about freedom. Yeah. And honestly, I, I don't exactly know where we're going to go with this. Um, so I'm actually going to swing it over to you. Sure. Well, and let, me, let me hear it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what? I love I love the when we, we were talking about John chapter eight and Jesus teaches this right that you'll know the truth and that the truth will make you free. I think yeah, sometimes that's hard to grasp. Mm-hmm. Like I think sometimes people are like, wait a second, truth. Like like this idea of truth of 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 law of like instructions commandments. Those are not things generally that people associate with freedom. I think that they associate those things with restrictions and they think well gosh restrictions like commandments and laws and rules those are oppressive those hold us down but we know and what we teach and what the scriptures teach is that god's law is designed to liberate it's designed to make us free and you know the the analogy i think we go to more often than not is that the analogy of the kite right Mm -hmm. the kite flies and there's this string that tethers it down to the ground. And, you know, a kid might say, hey, cut that string and let's let this thing just fly to outer space. But if you do, oftentimes it crashes because it doesn't have that anchor. It doesn't have that restriction which allows it to fly. And, again, that's counterintuitive. You know, it's there's a this – this is really lame. But uh, the, 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 the song that comes to my mind is a carpenter's song of all th- – so I'm old. That tells you I'm pretty old. My mom listened to the carpenters. But um, there's a carpenter's song called um, The Piano Picker. And the brother, Richard Carpenter, would play the piano and talks about how he's not out there doing all these things in high school. He's at home practicing the piano. But it was practicing the piano that got him to be where he is down the road. And I think that restriction now leads to freedom later on. And that's the Lord's model is if you're willing to learn right now, if you get the right muscle memory, if you get the right motion, if you get the right form later on, you're free to do so much more because you got that right Mm -hmm. initially. Yeah, no, I love tying that back into examples that we can understand. Brad Wilcox does this perfectly with that example of the piano. Yeah. And he's like, you have to practice. And that it, we can relate that to basketball. I can relate it to golf. I'm an avid golfer. Love it. You have to go back to the fundamentals, and that's where you start. And so why would it be any different in the law of God, in our progression to become like him? Like it, it's the same. And it totally we, is. We've got to figure out truth, and we've got to figure out that foundation, right? We've got the gospel of Jesus Christ, faith, repentance, baptism. We teach us all the time. Oh, sure. Gift of the Holy Ghost. During the end, you know? you got to go back to the fundamentals, and those fundamentals will set you free. Yep. It's so yeah. true. And you know, I, what I notice about missionaries as well is missionaries are very uh, restricted. There's a lot of rules. I know you guys right now could rattle off, hey, these are the rules that I don't know skydiving, no horseback riding, no <laughs> swimming, whatever it is, right? There's all these things, restrictions. And for some people, they would see that and say, oh, you guys are so limited. But... But in the Lord's pattern, this time of limitation, this temporary funnel. I, I had this professor back in the day. His name was Brother Top, and I just love Brother Top. He's one of my favorite teachers. But he taught about freedom and agency. And one of the things that he drew this picture on the board of, of, of kind of a, a, a funnel that comes together into this narrow channel and then opens up eventually and has this just unlimited potential, but there is this initial funnel. And I think the Lord's offer always starts with some level of restriction. 
that then later on leads to great freedom. Whereas Satan front loads as much freedom and as much uh, openness as he possibly can, but it ultimately leads to restriction in the end. Yeah. And so if you put that on an XY, you know, if you put that on the on the axis and you and you chart it out, you can see that right initially that offer that Satan gives might look more free. Mm-hmm. But I'm free to do this, but in the long term, you're not free, you're limited. In fact, your choices are shut down entirely whereas the Lord teaches us this this pattern initially that then opens up to endless possibilities on the end. And so for the Lord, he saves the best for last, whereas Satan front loads everything that he possibly can, but it only leads to misery. And I love that the scripture that comes to my mind is in 2 Nephi chapter 10, and this is Jacob, where he's just taught this powerful two-day sermon. And and at the end of, of chapter 10, almost at the end in verse 23, he says, therefore, so in light of everything that he's taught, he says, therefore, Cheer up your hearts and remember that you are free to act for yourselves, to choose the way of everlasting death or the way of eternal life. And and, and again, that's the thing. We ought to cheer up. We ought to be extremely excited that we can choose knowing where our choices can lead us, Mm -hmm. right? Knowing that our choices, and Lehi teaches this just back in chapter 2, that our choices ultimately can lead to liberty or they can lead to destruction, captivity. Yeah, exactly right. No, that's true. And this is something that the, the children of Israel in you know Old Testament times didn't understand about the Mosaic Law, the Law of Moses. They saw that and they, the restrictions and everything that, that brought them down instead of, you know, instead of liberating them. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. In fact, it, it, you look at Exodus 19 and, and 18, and you look at the Ten Commandments, and oh boy, a whole bunch of rules. Right. But those rules had a purpose. Those rules were there to preserve their um, integrity as a nation and individually to be able to preserve preserve their liberty, if they would have followed those laws, and if we follow them today, we're protected. You think about all the people who, their great regrets that come about because they broke one of the Ten Commandments. They broke those and ended up being, their their freedom is shut down because of that. It causes regret. It causes guilt. And, And again, God's law was not designed for that. It was designed to make them free. It always yeah. is. Yep. And one of the reasons why is it, is it points to Jesus Christ in every aspect. And this is something that the, the prophets of old taught, and they just stress it all the time. Remember the intention. It's pointing to Jesus Christ. Every single sacrifice that they did, animal sacrifice, it was in complete similitude of the Savior's sacrifice. It's, it's beautiful. If you, if you go into the scriptures, mm-hmm. your mind just gets... You, you, your mind is open and it's beautiful. Every, there's so many, so much symbolisms, and I've just been learning. It's awesome. But so with with this freedom, we've got to remember the intention of why we are at, like doing what we're asked to do. Yeah, and I love, and I and I and I really, I love, I love what you said. I love in the Doctrine and Covenants. There's a there's a verse in the 59th section where um, the Lord talks about commandments. Uh, in a in a very interesting way, and maybe not a way that we're used to talking about, but it, it could be a very easy extension from the Ten Commandments to talk about it in this way. So in section 59, verse 4, God talks about how um, th- these, these uh, saints that are in Zion, he says, and they shall be crowned with blessings from above, yea, and with commandments not a few, and with revelations in their time, 
they that are faithful and diligent before me. Wherefore, I give unto them a commandment. And so you get the same idea. Commandments are a blessing. And when you understand what a commandment will do, you see just how awesome this is. Because as we said in section 130, a commandment gives you an opportunity to lay claim on a blessing that God wants to give to you. And so when he gives you a commandment, when he gives you a rule, we can see that as liberating and and it's actually an opportunity for us to claim a blessing. And the Ten Commandments were that, if you saw them in the right light, because they pointed to Jesus Christ. I love that. Yep. That's cool. That's really cool. So so we see that we we need to seek for truth. We need to find it. um, And then we need to do it. We need to act. And that, in doing that, truth liberates us and sets us free. And it's, it's, it's super cool. Super cool. But I don't want to take up too much of your time. This discussion has been awesome. I literally could talk to you for hours. But You're great, Elder. You're awesome. <laughs> um, it's great to talk to you. But uh, I have one more, one more thing I wanted to talk about in, in regards to our current, you know, the state of the world and stuff like that. As missionaries, we... We, we don't talk about politics, and so I will stray from that, and I'm actually citing words from Elder Bednar. Mm. And uh, in, in regards to the freedom of our religion and the, the freedom of, of our worship. So I'm just going to find it real quick. So Elder Bednar, a few months ago, this was during the time when all of churches were closed down and our, religion, our, our freedom to worship uh, was taken away in churches. And he says, Gathering, in short, is at the core of faith and religion. Indeed, if the faithful are not gathering, sooner or later they will begin to scatter. And because gathering lies at the very heart of religion, the right to gather lies at the very heart of religious freedom. He goes on to continue, and he says, While believers and their religious organizations must be good citizens in a time of crisis, never again can we allow government officials to treat the exercise of religion as simply non-essential. Never again must the fundamental right to worship God be trivialized below the ability to buy gasoline. And words from a prophet, modern day prophet, for today is, is beautiful. And so I, I just, we, we'll keep this short, but I do want to just invite you guys to stand up for our religious rights and to follow the counsel of Elder Bednar and never again let the fundamental right to worship um, get stripped from us. Okay. All right. So in the book of Alma, chapter 48. Ah, yeah. Yep, yep. We're going to talk about Moroni, Captain Moroni. And he. This. This is. It, it's a few scriptures that describe who Moroni was and what he stood for. And as I'm reading this, just I, this is my invitation to you to be like Moroni. He says, And thus he was preparing to support their liberty, liberty their lands, their wives, and their children, and their peace, that they might live unto the Lord their God, and that they might maintain that which was called by their enemies the cause of Christians. And Moroni was a strong and a mighty man. He was a man of a perfect understanding, yea, a man that did not delight in bloodshed, a man whose soul did joy in the liberty and the freedom of his country and his brethren from bondage and slavery, yea, a man whose heart did swell with thanksgiving to his God for the many privileges and blessings which he bestowed upon his people a man who did labor exceedingly for the welfare and safety of his people. Yea, and he was a man who was firm in the faith of Christ. And he had sworn with an oath to defend his people, his rights, and his country, and his, re- and his religion. 
even to the loss of his blood. On to verse 17. Yea, verily, verily, I say unto you, if all men had been, and were, and ever would be like unto Moroni, behold, the very powers of hell would have been shaken forever. Yea, the devil would, ha would never have power over the hearts of the children of men. Why is religious freedom so important? This is what Moroni was standing for. This is what we need to stand for. Because it unlocks every single thing that was in his character of laboring for the welfare and safety of his people, standing firm in the, in the faith, and shaking the very powers of hell. I love that. And I would totally add my testimony to, to what you've said. Uh, and I know that Elder Bednar is an apostle of God, a prophet. I, I'm grateful for his guidance in uh, turbulent times. And I think that no matter where anybody stands politically, I think they can get behind this idea of championing freedom. Yep. And, you know, the, the Book of Mormon with the title of Liberty. Uh, just this morning, my kids were uh, in seminary, and I was uh, cheating and listening in a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were making their own title of liberty and, and writing down the things that they would stand up for and the things that they would fight for. And I love that thought. I just know that Heavenly Father, He is a champion of freedom. Anything that makes us more free, genuinely, truly free, comes from our Heavenly Father. Yeah. Nothing that Satan would ever give us, would ever want to give us, would make us more free. His offer for real freedom is a lie because God is the most free being of any. And so his gospel is the formula to help us have that liberty and that freedom. And I just, I love the example that you brought us to here, to here in, in the Book of Mormon with, with Moroni. And I agree, we need to be, we need to follow uh, that example. And, and, and I think that, again, no matter which side of the, of the political spectrum people are on, they need to seek true freedom. And, and if they do, they're going to be on the right side of things. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. I was actually going to have you bear your testimony, but that, that does it. That does it right there. Um, so I would just invite you to seek truth and to seek freedom through the Spirit and through keeping the commandments of the Lord. And also to go to comeuntochrist.org um, or check out the Facebook page here, Followers of Jesus Christ in the Twin Cities. There's also Facebook, Facebook pages in your local area. Um, but the purpose of Everything that we do is to invite you to find truth, to find that absolute truth. And I'll just bear my witness that the truth that I know through the Holy Spirit is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He was foreordained, prepared to come down and to establish his, his, his church, his gospel, and to sacrifice his life for us and to, to pay the debt. That really did happen. That is an absolute truth. If you if you don't believe it right now, someday you will. <laughs> it's gonna. It's an it's an absolute truth. It's true. And I just uh, I'll leave that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Right on. All right. I'll uh, go ahead and play some piano music. I always like to play piano music. Love it. Give people some time to ponder. Quit listening to mortal dudes and start listening to the spirit. So. Take it away, piano music. <laughs> 